Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Journey Coaching. We're super passionate about all things coaching and want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training over a thousand life coaches. Dive deep into a more meaningful career, find freedom, and make an impact on the world around you. Hey guys, on this episode, we're going to answer the question, why do people even need a life coach? Noelle, why do people need a life coach? Yay. Well, <laughs> I can speak for <laughs> I can speak for myself. Um, there are times in my life when I really need to dump out all of the life Legos and rebuild them again and figure yeah. out what Legos I have, what Legos I need, and move forward with actionable goals. Yes. Uh, in in, in um, my line of work, when I did a lot of therapy, I got uh, a lot of people being frustrated um, with their therapist and wanting coaching because coaching is different. Um, coaching is more, uh, possibly more structured, more goal-oriented. Oh, yeah. I just had that experience. One of our coaches who I've known for years and years and years is going through a really rough patch. And she called me and said, you know, I'm too much for my therapist. Can you help mm. me? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I can probably get you some movement. And that's that was the key. She was looking for some actionable sets of, of, of exercises, of um, ideas, of concepts that she could make something out of. Yeah, and you know, I don't, I don't think because a lot of people feel um, like they're cheating on their therapist. They feel like uh, if I see a coach, then you know, what do I do with my therapist? You could have both. You know, we're 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 different. Oh yeah, they're, they're two I, different I things, work a hundred percent. I work with three different coaches at any given time, and then I have mm. my therapist who I love and can't live without. Right. And so um, because they all do different things, wear different hats, uh, Noelle now has a team of people helping her. So, you know, she's not just picking one person. And I think um, if you feel guilty or you feel like, oh, I'm only supposed to have one person, uh, that's that's not the way to do it. And, and this is why we have life coaches. Oh, yeah. And Lord knows I need it. And, you know, what a privilege to be able to have a team of folks that <laughs> right, help me. Right work on my life, you know? It, it takes a village. <laughs> it does. It takes a village. And and this topic is so nuanced because there's so many different perspectives. There's the perspective of the coach. There's the perspective of the client. Of course, it's easy for you and I to say, oh, well, I use my coaches to work on specific and actionable goals for different things because we're very seasoned in the space. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the things that gets really confusing for both coaches and clients alike is the difference in perspective between someone who's a coach and someone who's a client. So mm -hmm. people who are coaches and people who are good coaches know that they can work with anyone on any topic with absolutely no knowledge of the situation at hand. And good coaches typically feel very confident walking right. into a wide array of situations. Yeah. And on the flip side, uh, and I don't want to say bad coaches, but I would say uh, green coaches, coaches just beginning feel like they need to um, have an, an, a lot of knowledge. Like they, they, they think the coaching is a knowledge game. Like they have to know everything. 
Uh, and that's not true. I don't think the most powerful co uh, coaches are, are walking Googles, you know? No, they're not. And I see this manifest a lot. And, and I did this myself. One of the reasons uh, why I have so many coaching certifications and graduate degrees under my belt is because I fell into that trap mm. of feeling that I needed to collect more and more knowledge in order to signify to the outside world that I was somehow worthy. Yeah, and I and thank you for bringing that up. I think so many people um, they get obsessed with uh, collecting certifications that they actually end up not coaching because they're so busy just getting one certification after another because they feel like the more information they have, you know, the the more uh, the, the the better coach they're going to be. Yep. And guys, it was a really expensive habit, so I don't recommend yeah. it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Now, let's talk about clients because clients are a completely different ballgame. Mm -hmm. So clients don't understand the art and science of coaching. Clients don't yet know that they have every single answer that they need inside of them. And they don't know that the job of a coach as a facilitator is to draw out that inner gold. And right. so clients come to the space of coaching, freaked out, scared, and stuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, what would you say to clients who uh, feel that way and who are new, maybe never even um, sat with a coach? Yeah, so I think it's important to validate that stuckness is the number one reason that people seek a coach. and. Mm -hmm. Everybody experiences stuckness. It's totally normal. It's um, it, and it's not a generalized human condition. When you're stuck, it typically doesn't flow from every single aspect of your life. That's why a balance wheel is a really popular coaching technique where it's a pizza pie and it lists mm -hmm. all of the different areas of your life. And you work with a coach to really drill down on, okay, you feel stuck. Is it every aspect of your life or is it just one two or three that need to rise to the top for priority right, right so for folks who are coaches thinking okay well how do i handle this when people hire a coach they're looking for help with a very specific problem and while it is true that coaching will ultimately help your clients to improve in all of the different areas of their life just by default because they build confidence in different skill sets, there has to be an entry point. And that usually comes from a very unique position of pain and frustration. Mm. How, how, do, how would someone um, enter that entry point? So like if you're a coach, um, how do you how do you open that like how do you leave that door for the client to walk into it it really depends so let's take a look at some of the most common reasons that um clients seek coaching and then we'll compare that to the most commonly reported outcomes of coaching and we'll reconcile the two and talk about how we can all mm -hmm. kind of function as coaching clients alike so well let's start with your practice john how come people come to you as a coach you know, um, and, and I also want to make this point that it changes uh, through your coaching career. So in the mm -hmm. beginning, it was uh, mostly relationships. Um, and then from there, um, 
uh, I did a lot of men's work. So uh, men coming to me because they felt connected to me on, on some level. Um, and then today I'm helping a lot of people through their singlehood journey. So mm. um, for me, uh, just because I'm active on social media, it kind of depends on uh, the fire in my belly at the time and what kind of dialogue I'm creating. And then that kind of attracts a certain demographic. Yeah, this is really important. So, you know, in John's coach land, what you mirror and reflect to your social media off audience determines who comes into your coaching practice. Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. And then, and also the, uh, what I talk about is usually tied to my story. So I don't, mm -hmm. I don't sit down and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to talk about something because it, you know, it's popular. Uh, cause then that usually falls flat or it feels contrived. So it's usually coming from a, a place of my story and my authentic uh, life journey. Yeah. So, you know, what's really interesting is that the same is true for me, except I built my practice in a very non-social media behind the scenes mm -hmm. word of mouth context. Right, and right. I, and it, it's, it mirrored both my personal um, journey and the things that I was intellectually interested in. So when I first started, um, and I, I've shared widely I, on our podcast and other places, I have a deep history of eating disorders. Mm -hmm. And so one of the challenges of my early adulthood was really coming home to my body, um, gaining comfort in my body and really working with body image. And that's something that I did a lot in my early days as a coach. And I was so interested in learning about it that that's what led me into the PhD program in human sexuality. And that was such a gorgeous experience across the board, the work that I did during those years, um, getting to, you know, do research in that arena. And then you and I met and we founded our company and my interests were still centered around positive psychology, but I became interested in positive organizations and right. early stage startups. And now years later, I'm very interested in, you know, I haven't gone too far from my roots of positive psychology and body image, but it's morphed into the colonized mind and how that impacts current and retired executives. Yeah. So there's even in that, your story that you're telling us, um, there's such an arc there, right? There's uh, different passions uh, and it all kind of makes sense to who you are, um, how you're personally evolving, growing and all the different interests that you have. So um, that that's one of the, 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 the most beautiful things I find about coaching is that it mirrors your life and your passions. And it's also what makes it really sustainable uh, in such a powerful career. Absolutely. And I want to explain where my clients come from because I think that's really important. So um, when I get really interested in something or I'm doing something in my own life, I'm undertaking some sort of work, um, I don't shut up about it. I talk mm, about what yeah. I'm doing, what I'm interested in, what I think ad nauseum to everyone right. around me. So the way that I built a word of mouth practice is simply by being fiery and really just kind of going there with my interests and seeking out other people who want to talk about the same stuff as me. And ultimately, you know, that turned into, hey, you should really talk to Noelle about XYZ. She won't shut up about this. She should probably could probably help you. <laughs> yeah. And I love that you said that because what, what, what comes to me as, you, as I'm listening to this is uh, you getting out of your own way. And when people get out of their own way and they just kind of allow their, their passions, the, you know, the fire in their belly to spread, that kind of takes a life of its own and that's going to create uh, traction, you know? 
It does. It does. And coaching is such a broad space. So some really broad strokes, a lot of different reasons that clients seek coaches is for career change. Mm-hmm. That's a huge one. And a lot of our coaches at Journey work in this arena and that's a really big, scary thing. And I think that one of the threads that we'll see through all of these different niche areas is that it's a big, scary thing. Mm -hmm. So why do folks come to the space of coaching is because they're trying to do a big, scary thing ultimately. Um, So changing careers and then kind of staying in the career camp, setting strategy at work for advancement is a big Mm -hmm. arena, especially in executive coaching. And then, you know, flipping over to what John does um, and work that I've done too, which I really enjoy is breakup and divorce recovery. Yep. Um, then, going through a breakup, uh, finding themselves again, uh, you know, um, repositioning their life and all of that stuff. Yeah. And then relationships. And I, I want to qualify when, when we say relationships, we're not just talking about, um, you know, binary uh a couple relationship. We're talking about everything from, you know, moving to a new city and making new friends Mm -hmm. to, you know, expanding beyond a binary relationship into alternative relationship models. Um, So the spectrum is so wide and all of those topics are folks, again, doing big, scary things. Right. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, not only doing big, scary things, but if you're not doing uh, big, scary things, but you don't find um, that your therapist or you know friends and family kind of enough, like you need someone to really kind of nudge you, make you accountable, uh, then then you find a coach. So coaching, it, it doesn't have to be just for big life transitions, right? So if you know that you just need something and it's not a therapist, but you need accountability in some way, then 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 that's a really um, it's a really good reason to find the coach. It is. And I, I see that a lot from clients who are very seasoned in the space of coaching, that mm-hmm. once someone has worked with a coach and worked with a coach effectively, it becomes a modality that they put in their pocket and carry with them. Um, very similar, I think, to personal training. You know, I know that I can work out on my own till the cows come home, but I'm not going to get the same kind of results that I get either, you know, working with a, a group fitness class or working with a trainer one-on-one. Yeah, that's actually a great example. Um, the, the power of that uh, accountability, the power of a class, uh, as opposed to you working out by yourself, it's, it's exponentially so much more powerful. Because I, I won't push myself as hard. I won't sweat as much, quite simply. I, right. I won't do it on my own. And, and, and speaking of fitness, health, improving fitness and health, everything from food to body to body image or even spirituality goes yeah. under the wellness umbrella, which is a massive area where folks need accountability and help with coaching. Yeah. And I mean, spirituality is growing, uh, and, uh, and, and even under that so many different categories. Um, I think coaching has become, uh, for many, uh, a, a kind of a spiritual, uh, experience, you know, and, and I think like 10 years ago coaching, cause it, it kind of came from executive coaching, very logical strategy. And, and, you know, all of that still is here too, but now we're starting to find, um, a lot of spiritual coaches, you know, who are abstract and, and, working in very creative ways. 
Oh yeah. Shamanism, meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's been really beautiful to see how so many folks have taken their own practices and helped uh, to others to find themselves, you know, through this work. Um, and then, you know, speaking of work, a huge area of coaching is entrepreneurship, either starting a business or scaling a business. Yeah. And that's always been huge. And especially now, I think, uh, and also with the, the, this pandemic as we come out of it, um, a lot of people changing careers and starting their own business. So why yes. coaching in that? Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked so much about the why that a client holds and all of the different reasons that the entry point exists. Now let's talk about the most commonly reported outcomes of coaching because they're totally different and they might not be what you expect. So we just talked about really specific things, careers, relationships, businesses, entrepreneurship, but the outcomes of coaching, and this is according to a global consumer study that was put forward by the ICF, the International Coaching Federation, across the board, when people engage with a coach, they report improved communication, Mm-hmm. increased self-esteem and self-confidence, increased pro- productivity in whatever it is that they're doing, optimized performance across the board, improve work-life balance and improved health. Yeah, this is uh, basically a better life. Mm-hmm. It's basically a better life. So yeah. I was thinking about this because I knew we were going to talk about it, and I was trying to figure out how to reconcile the difference, how to reconcile the the juxtaposition between the two. And what I came to was I went back to our coaching material, and I looked at the standards that the ICF puts forth, and a light bulb went on for me. Mm. Coaches who are trained according to the ICF standards and coaches who are certified coaches, no matter what the topic that somebody comes in with, coaches are trained to leverage that and help people address their whole lives. The point of coaching is to train clients to establish a bird's eye view of their own life. And so, of course, it ripples everywhere. Yeah. And this is also the reason why um, if you think you can be a coach, at least a good coach, without any training, that's going to be very difficult. Because if you look at this list of what happens when when people uh, get the positive outcomes of a coach, uh, these things are, they can be very intimidating if you don't have training, right? To look at this and say, uh, increase self-esteem, increase productivity, optimize performance, improve work-life balance. I mean, you have to ask yourself, can you, do you think that you can help someone with that with zero training? Yeah. So I'll, let's peel back. I'll give you an example um, right from one of our classes that we teach as part of our signature program, uh, leading coaches towards that ICF credential. So client comes to the table and the, the problem that they say is, I'm always late for my meetings at work. I'm always mm-hmm. late for my meetings at work. Now, a young coach an untrained coach or somebody coming into this situation might be um, might be inspired to move right to solution and say, okay, right. well, you know, what can we do? Can we set calendar alerts? Can we get an alarm clock? How about, you know, a shock collar? What can we do to get you out the door? Yeah. Um, and the actionable path, according to coach training, is for the coach to pull 
way back and say, ooh, all right, you're late for your meetings. Are there other areas of your life where lateness is a problem? Mm -hmm. And is this an overarching theme for you? Where does this show up and what's really underneath this stuff? Yes, and this is a difference between um, coaches just providing Band-Aids or mm-hmm. uh, restructuring, you know, working um, deeper and, and, and pulling back, seeing, um, you know, the entire life, like working from um, a, a place of secondary change, meaning that as you work with this client, the change is going to be irreversible because they are different. And, and I think those are the powerful coaches, not just people who are, you know, passing out Band-Aids. Yeah, And that's something that you learn as your practice deepens, as you go deeper Mm -hmm. in your study in the art and science of coaching. Um, And it's, it's not, it's on the side of the coach, it's really about conditioning yourself to pull back into that whole life perspective. And then on the side of the client, it's realizing that all of the maladaptive behaviors and, and habits we have have roots and we need to get to the roots and pull out the weeds or they're just going to keep growing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about all of the different ways that coaches can move forward, given the difference between client expectation coming in and what we actually do. Mm. Um, So some coaches do stick to a specific niche area so that they're really recognizable to their target audience and they get really good at solving just one problem. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, so they're kind of the go-to coach for that topic. Exactly. And yeah. and just, you know, looking out into the world and thinking about folks who are, you know, heavy hitting in specific areas. They write books on the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, they All of their social media just reflects what topic and they really, right. you know, drill down in that silo. And that's awesome. Um, some coaches take the broadening effect and say, okay, let's broaden the umbrella of issues that I work on like relationships in general. And that coach worked with all different kinds of relationships, but Mm -hmm. kind of narrows it down and starts to corral the concept. That's really kind of similar, I think, John, to what you've done in your career and had a really successful outcome. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then what I do or what I've done is I've really rested on um, theoretical techniques as kind of, you know, my anchor in the space. So the topics that I work on shift and change, but I always use uh, positive psychology. I always use neurobiology as a foundation for my work. And um, I've seen a lot of folks do this very successfully by using big keywords like wellness-centered. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. If I'm an umbrella, what would you be? Since you are um, technique-driven, theoretical approach. I'd probably be an anchor. An anchor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because because I just like I'm I'm my anchors in the ocean, and I no matter what I'm working on, you know, the ship's going in a lot of different directions, but it's anchored to positive psychology. Yeah, it hangs on that. Yeah. And then other folks, um, they're jacks of all trades. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm thinking of, you know, really specifically, um, you know, 
folks who just work through connection and word of mouth. Like some of our coaches have opened their own firms and they take on all sorts of different clients, you know, whoever comes to their doors. And it's not really about um, the who or the why or the how, but I think that they create just this experience of trust and hope and, you know, model um, change and durability and resilience in their own lives. And so folks kind of want some of that nectar. Yeah. And so when you look at all of these, um, it creates such a giant palette, you know, and this is why uh, people hire life coaches because Mm -hmm. uh, the spectrum is so wide and vast. Yep, it is. And, you know, if all of this sounds intimidating to you, one of the best ways to learn how to do something and do it well is to work for someone else. Mm. And there are so many great companies that are hiring coaches right now. And so, yes, you would have less control. Your clients would be served up for you. But what a fantastic way to learn and yeah. what a fantastic way to kind of look at this space from the inside out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is uh, in itself up and coming. There wasn't a lot of those opportunities before, but now there are. Yeah. yeah. So the takeaways here. Um, that I feel really strongly about is that, you know, no matter where you are and no matter how you're positioning yourself as a coach, um, your clients are going to come in as caterpillars and they're going to leave as butterflies. Mm. And that's just true. Um, And what we need to do in order to accommodate that transformation is just meet folks where they're at. Yeah. That's the beginning. I mean, if you Mm -hmm. don't start there, um, it's, it's, it's already a, a, a kind of a bad step. You know, I think um, you, it's going to be slippery if you don't start there. Yeah, because yeah. There's, no, there's no single way to approach change and there's no right way to wave your flag as a coach. Yeah, absolutely. I love, I love that. And maybe we can end there because uh, that's a powerful statement. There's no um, right way to wave your flag as a coach. Yay. Well, thanks so much, guys. And um, I'm excited to see all of you wave your flags. Yeah, absolutely. And let us help you if you uh, want that help. Awesome. We'll see you soon. Be well. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to journey.co slash everything to explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose, and a strong community to do it in. We created Journey Coaching to equip you with the tools, training, and community you need to attain your goals. Join Journey Coaching and begin your journey towards personal freedom and a transformative state of growth today. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash everything.